for June. Oh man. Yeah. Dude. Everyone's so saying it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it? I'm hearing really good stuff. Yeah. Um oh man, I've been hanging for that movie. I was so bummed when they pushed it back. Oh yeah, it was meant to be late twenty twenty three, wasn't it? Yeah it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um but that's here. It's finally out. And um I'll be going very soon. How about you? Well yeah, me and my partner will have to arrange like, you know, I don't think we can get someone to look after the kiddo for a night so we'll just be like or maybe maybe we'll both go during the day oh yeah just yep. have someone like sit sit the kiddo so and we can it both is go. and it is not like a 90 minute movie no it's quite a yeah it's quite a bit of time too it's a so. big one i didn't know austin butler was in it oh right yeah Me neither. he's that white dude i mean they're oh. all a lot of white dudes <laughs> there's in this, a lot but, of white dudes in it yeah but um i guess a lot of like tan dudes in this movie but no he's the dude that is Harkonnen fully, you know, like uh, yeah, bald-headed. Okay. He's going to face off with Paul Atreides at the end. If you know the Dune story, yeah, yeah, you know, so what's happening. If I love you've that, seen uh, the Lynch Dune. You know, he plays the Sting role. Yes, from the yes, one. yeah, very much. Jesus, uh, cool. I like that Christopher Walken's in it. I'm really excited mm. to see what he looks like as the Emperor. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, um, and oh, there's heaps of people in this one. Like Florence Pugh is in it. Oh, Cido okay. is in it. Lea Cito, man, I, th- I think we've mentioned her on a podcast episode before. Man, I, c- I could watch her like just eat McDonald's and play truck simulator. Yeah, I- do the laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the reason we're here today is because Adam Sandler, he's got a movie, he's got like a Spaceman movie coming out. It's called Spaceman. Um, and I've wanted to talk about him for a while. Yeah. But now it's felt like, all right, this is my opportunity to swing in and bring him onto the pod. It's not because I love him, just because I just want to talk about him. Does that make yeah, sense? No, it makes sense. Well, I think we grew up with him. I mean, I'm interested to know what your experience with him and his films and, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we just grew up with him. Like it was yeah. very much our generation, like a comedian for our generation in a lot of ways. He was like, I think the nineties, he's got a big spot in the nineties yeah. that people kind of you know, he, he was a figure of fun, to put it mildly, for mm-hmm. and still is for a lot of people. Yeah. I think I think it's a bit like undersold on just how pivotal he was to nineties culture as well, and especially to like millennials, us, you know, our demographic. Because he sort of was doing that whole man child thing before Will Ferrell was doing it, right? Yeah, true. Very good point. You yep. know. But anyway, maybe we're jumping the gun a bit. I mean like Talking about like our relationship with him, I, I only heard him first from his comedy CDs. Did you ever listen to his comedy oh, CDs? Oh, wow. I mean, I did, yeah. But that was that was your first exposure to him. Yeah, because wow. my dad had computer nerd buddies. Right. And um, he would bring me in and say, hey, listen to this weird song. And it was Adam Sandler's song about his piece of shit car. Yeah, okay. Yeah, another one. Yep. Which was really fun. And then we got his whole CD... Um, of comedy stuff. So I knew him as a musician, comedian with yeah, these skits. Yeah. I had not been exposed to, oh, I, I think I must have heard this music when I was like eight or so. I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been exposed to um, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore until maybe like year eight or year nine in high school when they had already been watched a million times by everybody. Yeah. So I just wasn't familiar with it. The first movie that I saw was Wedding Singer. And I was like, it makes sense. You know, he's, he was a musician on the comedy album and yep. now he's singing and stuff and he's a more chilled out role in that one. Yeah. So I was yes. like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, uh, comedy music albums and he's got a lot of sweet songs on his comedy albums, like the Hanukkah song mm-hmm. that aren't fully aggressive and stuff. And he was playing this sweet kind of character in this one. So I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. But what, yeah. about, what about you? Have you got a... Well, a bit different to you. I think mine was probably a bit more traditional for a yeah. lot of people in terms of I was first exposed to him through just Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. What year is Billy Madison? Is that like 95? Oh, good question. I don't know. Uh, I think it, I think it be is around like 95 or 96. Uh, um, throwing out dates It is. Here. It's 95. So Happy Gilmore is... 96 and Billy Madison's 95. So that was your first. That was my first. Yeah, yeah. first watch. And I probably would have been early high school. 
uh, when I first watched that movie. So yeah. it was not, you know, not in cinemas. It would have been, yeah. um, you know, on DVD. But yeah, and then of course, as you know, uh, I'm a big SNL fan. So yeah. I also hired his best of SNL DVD and other ones that he was part of uh, from that period and watched a lot of them as well. So, was he good on SNL? Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think that era is very, um, I think over, at the time, I think it was a bit overlooked or underappreciated, but in hindsight, it's very fondly looked at now. Um, Cause that's Chris Farley as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, David Spade. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, heaps, heaps of, heaps of people from that era. That's uh, right. Yeah. Had very successful careers. And that's why you'll see a lot of them working you know, in many of his films, you know, Chris Farley pops up in Billy Madison, you know. That's um, right. Like as Norm MacDonald, obviously, is there. Norm MacDonald actually is a big yeah. person to thank for uh, Adam Sandler's career. So Adam Sandler started doing stand-up when he was about mm. 14, 15, and, you know, was pretty uh, pretty confident, pretty good stand-up comic. And Dennis Miller, who was an SNL cast member, he noticed him doing stand-up. Dennis Miller? Yeah, Dennis Miller. He ended up having a TV show, a Dennis Miller show. And anyway, he was on SNL. He was the... Weekend Update host before, yeah. uh, before Norman Donald. Anyway, he uh, noticed Adam Sandler and was like, oh, this kid's pretty good. Mm. So he called up Lorne, you know, as we all know, Lorne um, from SNL and said, hey, I've got this kid. He's pretty good. Should check him out. Got him in there, did an interview. Lorne said, yep, yeah, sweet. Hired him as a writer, not uh -huh. a cast member, as yeah, a writer. Okay. And then he, it's not, it's not super common for this to happen, um, that, a writer would end up becoming a talent, becoming a cast think member. So, no. Usually, they stay a writer. Yeah, uh, and he joined at the same time, actually, as Conan O'Brien, Robert Smeagol, and Bob Odenkirk were also writers. So it was like a packed house. Like wow. We're talking like some great names. Yeah. But fortunately for Adam Sandler, Norman Donald took a liking to him. Yeah. And Norman Donald had Weekend Update, and he kind of had free reign at that point. He hadn't, you know, burnt those bridges yet. At SNL, as we all know, later happened. So at the time, everyone was like, yeah, sweet, Norm, you do, you do what we can update. You've got free reign for what you want for your jokes. Mm. So he would get Adam Sandler on there and get him to do those little segments where he would do, try out a new character or whatever on update. Yeah, okay. So he would do like Opera Man and things like that. Uh, and, you know, the Hanukkah song. He did a lot of little songs on SNL. On a lot of on characters those... with man at the end of the title. Oh, yes, totally. He's got one of my favorite ones where it's like... Um, he does all these costumes and he says Hello, cheap Halloween costumes. Yeah, okay. And it's just, just like him pulling out like a coat hanger or like a new, putting a newspaper over his face. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm scary newspaper man. <laughs> I like that was, yeah. it was dumb but hilarious. Yeah. And then the other one that was like really big influence and big uh, help to his career was his good friend, Tim Hallahy, mm. who he ended up honoring with a ongoing sketch on SNL called The Hallahy Boy where him and Chris Farley did this hilarious bit. Anyway, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's an amazing sketch. Cool. Anyway, Tim Halley, he was a college buddy of his and was studying to be a lawyer and ended up finishing uni and became a lawyer. Mm. But while he was studying, he was helping write uh, material for Adam Sandler, like stand-up material. Oh, and then okay. he ended up helping him when he was at SNL as well. And then through that, he ended up becoming a writer on SNL, then became the head writer at SNL, and also co-wrote Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Waterboy. Really? This goes on, like Big Daddy. Oh, wow. So, so he's, like, he's that early early days writing partner that he's, really... Yes. Yeah, so wow. he is like, I think, that's why I really want to bring him up in this episode, because mm. I, I think he gets very easily... I have forgotten. People just don't remember. I don't know him. I, I don't know him at all. I yeah. think he's really like obviously integral and helpful for Adam Sandler's career because he yeah. was very much that, as you said, his writing partner for for many years. And, oh, and yeah. I believe he's still doing stuff. He did that Ridiculous Six, whatever that was called, that movie. Oh, okay. I didn't see that one. But yeah, so he's had a few duds, but he's still helping write some things here and there now. So Is he also on deck for stuff like Jack and Jill? you know, Hubie Halloween or is, it, or is sure. he only sort of peppered in? The I think it's career? mostly the early stuff, but he's got a few occasionally here and there now yeah. that he still does. Like he did Pixels. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, he's had a few duds. But uh, but he was super integral for his first bunch. I mean, he did the first four movies or first yeah. four that we think of. I'm not 
going to talk going overboard in this episode. Yeah. Oh no, he's got early films like um, like he plays a shakes the clown or some weird you know yeah, some, some weird, weird stuff, stuff early on. Yeah. But we're you know we're only going to talk about the main stuff. Everyone exactly. Thinks of yeah. But the main ones that we think of, you know, the wedding singer Happy Gilmore. Uh, Waterboy and Billy Madison. Yeah. Like he co-wrote all those with Yeah, Sandler. nice. So. Yeah. I still like the Waterboy. I mean, it's dumb, but I mean, it's, it's so many of his movies, they get progressively dumber, but I still enjoy them in a, you know, in a very minimal sense. Oh, I can same. Still, I still chuck on Waterboy and, 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 you know, give it a crack. Yeah, Waterboy's great. I think, um, I mean, it's got a great cast too. Henry Winkler as mm. the coach, you know, um, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Fariza Bulk. Uh, yeah. as the love interest, you know, from Craft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's great. I always think of Craft and Waterboy when I think of her. I like her when she pops up in a movie anytime. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, hello, um, Kathy Bates as oh, well. That's right. I forgot she's in that movie. And she's like Don't terrifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing that really good terrifying role that she was, you know, harkening back to misery. Yeah, um, uh, as and her it's mom. like his movies though, because in that film, like she's eating squirrels, and the whole joke is that you know she's from what like the Everglades she's from Florida she eats everything yeah like yeah. all of these movies have a similar trend which has not dated well even in like some of my more favorites like Wedding Singer yeah there's sort of moments where the joke is at the expense of somebody you know like because of looks. their looks yeah. or because of where they're from yeah True, um, true. There's constant, you know, oh, funny accent guy or yeah Robert Schneider in brown face type of thing you know yeah. it's like man I wish these movies you know this is where I would argue for like maybe I'll just edit them a little bit so that I can <laughs> yeah, not, okay. not yeah. remember how dated they are. Like watching The Wedding Singer and um, there's that scene. You watched that recently, right? I did. I rewatched it yesterday. Like there's that scene where, um, you know, uh, well, I'll, I'll sort of rephrase it. The character is shown as being sort of, he's the wedding singer. He can sort of appeal to all sorts of people in the audience yeah. and get everyone, you know, to have a good time. But there's a moment where he's sort of just like ripping on, you know, he's sad and depressed because of his girlfriend mm-hmm. left him at the altar, but he's ripping on, you know, sideburns lady. Oh, yes. This guy's fat. Yeah. He won't stop eating. And um, everyone at table nine are mutants, things like mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, ah, you know, you, you compare it to like the Farrelly brothers and what they do, where a lot of their films are including people with disabilities or learning disabilities, yeah. whatever it is. But the joke is never at those characters' expense. It's never talking down. Oh, never, never. Yeah. Like, And a lot of the times they're just... They're, they're, their disability, like characters in a wheelchair, that has nothing to do with the plot or the story. It's just... This is just a side character yeah. in Kingpin that is in a wheelchair. You know, he's just been included because the Farrelly brothers want to include those types of yeah. people. No, that's a good point. I think it's with his movies, there's a, a bit of a mix. It's a bit complicated. I feel like sometimes he also does a bit of a handout for some people. Like he yeah. elevates some characters, you know, or like... They're trying, aren't they? Yeah. Like Chuck and Larry. It's like, oh, we're going to make a movie about, you know, tolerant of gay couples. But yeah. then it's also like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's complicated. They but try. Yes. And I also want to say like how much I appreciate how, like, especially I watched Wedding Singer and I watched mm. uh, Billy Madison. Yeah. Yelling Not as well. And just how sweet and how much of a good heart there is at the soul or the center of a lot of these movies. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to say. Like, he's also like part of the movies because I was, you know, in preparation for this, I'm thinking about the movies, um, like picking out like a top three and a favorites one. I was like, we've got to kind of pick our favorite from each category of his different styles yeah you've got the early shit the later stuff the dumb stuff the serious stuff but then one of the styles i was thinking of was rom-com sandler he's also yeah. a great rom-com actor he's a great rom-com like actor. Yeah. you say like uh you know these movies are, are sweet mm-hmm. and like yeah they are super sweet yeah wedding singer is a really nice sweet movie by the end of that movie when a billy idol is on the plane blocking the, yeah. the douchebag <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the cart and he's singing the song about getting old. it's like so it is really nice. So. Yeah. They and also speaking of that, yes, <laughs> you just took words out of my mouth. I was oh, just about to say yeah. Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler is my favorite oh, of Drew his. Barrymore. Like, I know lately he's doing um, Jennifer Aniston has kind of become his new um, yeah. co-star, but I feel like that him and uh, Drew Barrymore are the, is the, the, the he, match, the perfect match. He and Drew Barrymore did do another film together called Blended. And they also did uh, they 50 First Dates. On a date. Oh yeah, 50 Which First Dates. Which is my dates. favorite. I love Fifty First yeah, Dates. Me too. I I hadn't 
I'd only seen that quite recently. I'd never seen yeah, it right. before. Yeah. Let, well, I'll talk about that movie a bit later. But, okay, um, sorry. Yeah, what were you saying about Blended? Oh, just the Blended is uh, that pairing of them two again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I only got through about 10 minutes of Blended. Not because mm-hmm. it was terrible, just because time is precious. Oh, yeah. I'll watch a different so. one. But um, yeah, but like, I, I just love that Rom-Com Sandler is right up there with serious sandler yeah true goofy comedy sandler like i tried watching hubie halloween oh yeah how was it i thought oh maybe like some of the later netflix sandler movies yeah people are saying oh you know um they're not so bad and so Mm -hmm. you chuck on hubie halloween and you're like oh this is terrible yeah like this is um it's so it's much more targeted at young kids which is fine like he's a family dude in his late career yeah but it's still terrible kids entertainment yeah yeah. it's so bad it's like you know it's one of those adam sandler accent movies oh right oh god where he's playing a character with an accent um and this one in particular is just so lazy it's like i don't even know what he's going for here (laughs) yeah shit okay anyway oh wow uh i mean yeah i think ever since click i kind of dropped off a lot of Sandler, um, and unless it's sort of a more um, dramatic role, yeah. then I usually am less likely to check it out. I think I dropped off after Waterboy, or no, maybe Little Nicky. Oh, I yeah, went and Little saw Nicky. Little Nicky yeah, in the point. cinema. Yeah, and I thought it was dumb and silly. A strange character once again. Great soundtrack though. Yeah. Oh yeah. What was on that soundtrack? Do you remember? Oh, oh not I guess it would have uh, like that movie is what like ninety nine, I think. Yeah, it was I'm just, just very. It was very of that era, like a lot of new metal and you know oh, alternative rock, right. and you know it would be because it's like Lincoln Park. There and, might like, be a bit of drowning like pool in there. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, around, I can't around remember. Like, I can't remember the tracks actually off the top of my head, but I remember that being like a soundtrack that you know I didn't yeah. I didn't own, but I had friends who owned it. Oh yeah, you know. And um, it's the year two thousand. I just looked it up, and it's a and it's about hell. I guess you're right. So yeah, yeah lots of metal. Probably some let the bodies hit the floor might show up. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That, was... that song was everywhere. It <laughs> was back everywhere. in the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. It's like a fight scene. It's like, come on, where's the where's the song about bodies hitting the floor? There it is. <laughs> I think I did drop off at about yeah. Little Nicky would be it. Just looking at the list now, we had Big Daddy in ninety nine, mm-hmm. Water Boy in ninety eight. Oh, the wedding singer was '98 as well. Okay, um, Bulletproof in '96. The same. Yeah. Do you remember Bulletproof? I definitely do. I have it on DVD right over oh, there. You do? Yeah, man, that's a great movie. That was like one where I hired it out at the video shop, and I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Like a weird plot. He accidentally shoots his friend in the head, <laughs> yeah. but his friend doesn't realize it. Is that Marlon Wayans? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Or Damon Wayans? Oh no, Damon Wayans. You're right, actually. Damon Wayans. Um, you know that that was a really fun one too. Um, I. I saw that you watched Punch Drunk Love the other day. I did. Yeah. I, this is serious Sandler. I think, is this the first um, one where Sandler is like, all right, gear change. I'm going to actually be in someone else's film. And I think serious so. Acting, I yeah. think there's sort of a bit of a gap between we get kind of a lot more of them. Mm. I also watched Hustle, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but I feel like now yeah. there's a lot in the space band, I think is going more into that. Uh, yeah. That old space band definitely looks like it's his... Yeah. You know, and, and I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to be mean. Like, this is where he's actually acting. Of course, he's acting in the other films. This is the ones where he is... Um, it's a step up. He's not sure. leaning on just his sort of comedy, you know, all those normal character things that he does, screaming at people. Yeah. He's not doing like the gabagool. Well, I feel like wedding... You talked about... Yeah. yeah. I feel like you talked about wedding singing before and how he's yeah. a bit like um, uh, muted. What was the word you used? Like a bit... Well, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a bit more a bit. toned down. Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like that's where you're starting to get a, the small smidge of him acting or wanting to try to act a bit more beyond just a sort of a comedic character. Yeah, I agree, man. I was going to, I had that in my brain as well. Like that, I think that is one of the first times where he isn't just leaning on yeah, being upset. No. I mean, and you know, before I get into Punch Drunk Love, like The Wedding Singer, it does have, you know, like Punch Drunk Love comes out and everyone's like, oh, Sandler is you know, his character is still angry and has these outbursts, yeah. but it is directly related to, you know, it's exploring kind of, or, or being used to explore the character more deeply in mm-hmm. more depth. And I love Punch Drunk Love, but 
there is hints of that in The Wedding Singer too. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is similar to what you're alluding to. But you're right. He isn't just like outbursts and comedic. Like he's this sweet guy yeah. that has this horrible thing happen to him yeah. and still only has these little outbursts here and there. But it's not the main you know, thing of his character. It's not played for laughs when he has outbursts mm-hmm. in The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. It, like he has meltdowns on stage which are played for laughs, but not when he's getting upset at his, you know, his ex fiance and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. when he's, you know, at the wedding and he goes, smashes the mirror, you know. Well, like yeah. That's, that's a dramatic moment that's, you know, it's behind, literally behind curtains. It's yeah. out of, you know, the that's way right. of, of people. It feels a bit more uh, yeah. of an intimate moment that you get with him. That's right. Yeah. Um, so. And, the, and talk about a great soundtrack as well. Oh, oh my God. Yes. You know, you get Very like good. all these really awesome 80s songs oh, to compliment. Yeah. You know, just how emotional 80s music was. I think we might have mentioned this before too, but I think, oh, maybe I'm thinking of just when we talk about like the killer and the Smiths and music wearing its heart on its sleeve and stuff. I I really love um, The Wedding Singer though. Like, maybe love is a strong word, but apart from those little things I mentioned before about how these movies always have to kind of pick at or take a shot at people. Yeah. um, But it was like, oh man, it's just nice to get like a rom com. It mm-hmm. has just these really lovable characters and a really fun setting as well. Yeah. Because 80s weren't really that cool in the mid-90s. It was still sort of, in the mid-90s, I feel like people and culture was still kind of obsessed with like 60s. Like Greece was still getting rewatched all the time mm-hmm. and sung mm-hmm. karaoke. And that's like what, oh no, that's 50s nostalgia, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or maybe 70s nostalgia was creeping in in the mid-90s a bit. People, you know, jeans and flares are going to start coming back into fashion soon. I think the 80s at the point that film came out in 98 was still uh, fun and novel. Not not like now where the 80s is, I think, taken a lot more seriously. Definitely. Um, yeah. You know, with trends and fashion and whatnot. Yeah. But going back to Punch Drunk Love, I think you're right. That is like Wedding Singer sort of sowed the seeds or at least, yeah. you know, gave us as the audience a glimpse of... You know, mm. there's a bit more to Adam Sandler, yeah. But then Punch Drunk Love was the like, holy shit! This is the the reveal. Sandler's got more yeah. to offer than just this outlandish, comedic yeah. characters. And I feel like building up to it, um, it was sort of like, oh, is this just him? Is this like a novel novelty hire? Yeah. Has Paul Thomas Anderson cast Adam Sandler as a bit of a goof? Mm-hmm. Like, are you crazy? I, I I was listening to other podcasts about it, and I heard like. Paul Thomas Anderson's agent was saying, no way. Yeah, Just, right. You're crazy. What are you doing hiring Adam Sandler? Yeah. But then you watch the movie and it's like, oh, you know, you knew exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was an interesting movie for him too. Like he had come off Boogie Nights and Magnolia and these big sprawling, huge cast members, epic stories, and then kind of just scaling it back quite a bit and making a 95-minute ode to old school MGM you know, these romantic pieces, you know, I, let me ask you, man, like, did you enjoy Punch Drunk Love the first time you watched it or did it yes. take extra watches? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're down with it from the first go. I was down with it for the first go. I think I actually probably appreciated it more than some other mm. of, uh, of his films. Um, oh yeah. You don't, you don't vibe as much with like, like Magnolia, Boogie I mean, Nights. I, no, no. Uh, Boogie Nights I love. Boogie Nights. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like. To talk about movie you liked the first time. Magnolia, I think I got to appreciate more as time went on. Mm. But a lot of that goes, comes down to what you were talking about with the the runtime and the you know being a bit more. This movie, feel, movie feels a bit more focused. Yeah, and I think I appreciated that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That, that, that's all it really is. Um, it was just that you know more of a short, succinct running time mm. and a bit more of a you know focused narrative, and I liked it for that and. Uh, I think Emily Watson is fantastic in it. Yeah, she is great in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. I love Luis Gomez as well. Mm-hmm. Anytime he oh, pops yeah, up. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. He's adorable. I like. I loved him in Boogie Nights. I'm so glad that he keeps popping up in PTA movies. Well, I'm happy he got um, Ant-Man. I'm happy that like he kind of got that oh, big really? Marvel yeah. exposure. Like, So more people... I mean, I guess he's in lots of stuff. What am I talking about? He's, he's everywhere. He's such a little character. Not a little... Not stature wise, but he's always just playing smaller yeah. character actor roles. But I feel like in that he kind of that kind of got a bigger, larger mainstream audience. Mm. Well, like, oh, you yeah, know, this guy's hilarious. This guy's great. Yeah. yeah, so that was good. Um, always happy to see when he pops up, and and Philip Seymour Hoffman too. Yeah, me too. I mean, just like from Boogie Nights, his character in that film, <laughs> yeah. 
and then his character to in Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. I mean, just an insane, like wild gap. Uh-huh. Just showing how much range that dude had. Um and he's still missed, man. Still Oh yeah. Still missed Philip Seymour Hoffman. Anyway, you know, like Punch Drunk Love again, like this wonderful romantic film. Mm-hmm. Like oversaturated colors. The use of colors is incredible. Yeah, use of sounds uh, also incredible. Oh, it's the sound, you know, John Bryan's doing the soundtrack and yeah. that anxiety little you know, little clicks and taps mm-hmm. and it's and so like the music is kind of rhythmic in the same way like the character Adam Sandler, you know, he picks up a piano off the road before it gets squashed by a truck in the beginning and he's sort of his little tappy feet, yeah. you know, and the walking and uh, it just, the music really is rhythmic in, in the same pace of the, the scene. Yeah. And I think I, I read that PTA was um, Paul Thomas Anderson. I shouldn't just abbreviate the dude's name. <laughs> um, it's like he was actually listening to the music John Bryan was composing while shooting the scene. Right. Okay. So it was very much in step with ah, that makes a lot of sense. the pace yeah, of the cool. music. Yeah. Uh, but I think the first time I saw this movie, though, I wasn't quite sold on it. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, I was enjoying other films that weren't to action heavy because this is 2002. So I'm in year 10 at that point. Oh, right. And like I loved Lost in Translation in 2001. Like I was, I was down with, you know, movies that weren't just going for, yeah. you know, um, uh, like Blade 2 or something. But um, I didn't like it so much on the first watch. It was only until many years later as an adult and I really kind of connected with Adam Sandler's yeah. character and I sort of got a bit more what the intent of the movie was. Yeah. Well, with the music and the, you know, the shots and yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like I watched it years later. I didn't watch it when it came out. No, so I think, I think if I had watched it when when I came out either, I think at that age, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it as much, but I watched it. Yeah. As you were saying as an adult. So I referenced being in year 10 when it came out, but I realized that I probably watched it for the first time when I was like 21. Oh, okay. So, I, yeah, I did watch it later on, but just didn't appreciate it. Same yeah. as Magnolia. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't get into Magnolia I definitely was like that with Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. Very much. I thought it was goofy and strange. Like, <laughs> yeah. the setup to the film, um, you know, talking about these weird parables or fables at the beginning of Magnolia and then raining frogs. I thought it was all a bit silly. And I think Punch Drunk Love had similar elements. Yeah, true. These sort of surreal, absurdist points like the harmonium mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, just the whimsical early 2000s nature of the film. You remember stuff like I Heart Huckabees? Oh, yeah. You know, like that had yeah, that vaguely. same kind of weird indie kind of sweetness to it. Yeah, yeah. I think no other Paul Thomas Anderson film has so much of that in its kind of in its presentation. Yeah. That sweet kind of eternal sunshine sort of vibe about it. Um, but Mag- I think I guess Magnolia had a little bit of it despite being quite a serious drama and then Punch Drunk Love really leaned on that a bit more. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're so right. But um, man, how good is it in Punch Drunk Love the, the moment when, because before Adam Sandler's character is sort of, he's run away from confrontation. Mm-hmm. But then when the car gets hit with Emily Watson in the car and he's got yeah. a reason to get fired up, he just turns into this, you know, oh, avenging demon. Yeah. And he just beats, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, really an explosive little action sequence yeah. that you just comes out of left field, just like the car does, you know. Oh man, yeah. Uh, but, and and the other moment that I just want to touch on yeah. was um because the movie is like it's funny, but it's so sad as well when he kicks out the windows because his awful sisters that are just haranguing oh my God, him the whole film. Aren't they? Yeah. Like, They're calling him gay boy. Yeah. And they're saying like, oh, you used to, remember when you whacked the windows out because we called you gay boy? It's like, the dude clearly doesn't like being called gay boy. But then in that scene, they just call him gay boy over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Oh, they're the worst. Like yeah. they're enough to like put you off watching the movie and appreciating it because yeah. they're just that awful. Oh, he's got like seven sisters or something. Yeah, like I watched it with my partner and she yeah. said probably about a half dozen times throughout the movie, oh my God, these sisters are the worst. So, yeah. you know. Um, oh, they're awful. They, they like, seem like they just don't like him. No. But they're all like, oh, we're just trying to help you. We're just trying to make, you know, we're mm. trying to, like, you know, I'm just being a good sister. Like, you're like, back off. Like, yeah. just, you know, read the room a little bit. Like, it's terrible. Oh, awful. Yeah. They're just sort of really hanging over him um, when they are on the phone or in the scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, cor- like literally cornering him. Cool. Yes. At some points. Yeah. 
Um, but the it just sort of leads to the point where he kicks out the windows and then he's chatting to one of the sister's husbands who's a dentist. Mm-hmm. And he's just saying, you know, like, I need help. You know, I I want to talk to somebody in confidential way, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's sort of looking to get a referral to a therapist or something. But his character is just like... Um, uh, sometimes, you know, I don't like myself. Sometimes I cry for no reason. And the moment he says that, he just starts sobbing in his yeah. hands. Yeah. And the dentist offers no consolation. The scene ends with Adam Sandler just stepping out of the frame. But man, I, like, I started, I just welled up at that point. I got yeah. so sad. It's like, when is Adam Sandler ever going to make me cry? <laughs> yeah, see, and that's, that's what we're talking about with Sandler and that range that he's finally yeah. revealing to us. And that's one of those moments where you're like, holy shit, okay, Sandler can... So yeah, Sandler can bring it in other ways, not just comedy. Super just effective. Laughs. Yeah, and, and that's sort of um, like when I was re- rewatching Punch Drunk Love then, uh, or when I appreciated it a few more than a few years ago now, because I guess I'm getting old. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you can sort of almost use that film and then have it recontextualize all the other angry, mm. all the other like angry Sand the mo- movies, right? Mm-hmm. because these the other ones like I was watching Happy Gilmore and one thing I didn't even notice because I've seen that film a bunch of times yeah but I didn't even notice like that intro sequence in Happy Gilmore is so good with the photos the photo not no it's not even a photo montage it's like a home video montage and it's got that amazing song down 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 oh yeah okay yeah. I don't remember who sings it but it's so good and um it's, he's talking about his childhood and it's like my mother, one of the things he says is my mother moved to Egypt mm-hmm. to get as far away from hockey as possible. And then his dad dies in a hockey accident. Oh. It's like, oh yeah, I guess the character does have like this rage problem that was set yeah. up from his silly little character arc or character intro. But it's like how many other films, like Billy Madison does not have anything like that. I don't think. Is there a mum character in Billy Madison or is it just a dad? Just a dad. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny just how his I, I don't think Adam Sandler had a crazy like upbringing or I don't I haven't heard any wild stories about that. No, me neither. No, but, but just think, that kind of like channeling that early nineties grunge mm, rage against absolutely. you know like into this weird thing. Yeah, um, I'm going. He was all definitely. Over the shop. He was definitely. Sorry, dude. Oh, this episode's like that. So <laughs> apologies, listeners. It's gonna be one of those episodes. Uh, we're just yeah. I'm just we're, going we're, everywhere. We're just yeah. Bit. We're just chatting. We're having a having. A beer and a wine, and we're just chatting here. Yeah, I'm drinking wine. I, I thought I know. a fancy, fancy beverage for a fancy actor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think also going back to Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, I think yeah. also Tim and Adam were also learning a bit more as writers. And I think they were, um, especially by the time we got to Wedding Singer, they were fully aware there was no female characters, like really, like most major ones. And they were, you know, yeah. Overlooking the female perspective mm-hmm. in their films. And so they really wanted to rectify that and bring, yeah. they actively did that. But then they also brought in Carrie Fisher to do a rewrite. And so she wrote a lot of. Is that on The Wedding Singer? On The Wedding Singer, yeah. Oh, cool. So that's, you know, that's why that movie feels, you know, it's pretty good. Like it's, it's you know, Drew Barrymore has a lot of agency. She has a lot of, you know, like her character feels pretty well developed. Yeah. Uh, I think that is part of that, them being actively wanting to make her that way. And then also getting Carrie Fisher in there to help rewrite it a lot of scenes with drew barrymore and her sister yeah and i don't know it'd be interesting to go back and rewatch it checking if it passes the bechdel test yeah i don't know i say it's always the movie's about like drew barrymore's character getting married just just like you know what even if it doesn't pass that specific test just having uh, a female perspective and two lady characters in a scene together yeah i think just what i yeah exactly i don't want to like you know Give it too much. It's a rom-com, so of course they're going to be talking about guys. Yeah, I don't want to give it too much credit when it's potentially not due, but all I I know is that it definitely, if you look back at Billy Madison, it's, you know, it's him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I have a great time at that movie. I have a very big soft spot for that movie um, for lots of reasons, but, you know, in terms of giving female voices, not really. Well, it's like, you know, the the scene where she's stripping if he gets the answer right. exactly. And she's got to beat him up in the pool and get all wet. It's all from the mouth. It's all the mouth perspective, that movie. Yeah. From start to finish, pretty much. And, I mean, it's not like, uh, it's not nearly as bad as some of those ridiculous, gross, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, definitely not. Like Tomcats, like that 
that's far, far worse. Oh, definitely. Um, at least it's showing a strong, it's presenting a strong character. And it also has, a, and also, as I talked about before, about the sweet nature of a lot of his movies. Yeah. He is a sweet character and there's, uh, there is heart to it, you know. Yeah. There is the, you know, the scene with the kid where he, you know, throws the water on his pants and it's like, you know, peeing is cool than <laughs> yeah. Miles Davis. That's right. Like there's those yeah. moments where it, it's a real heart shines through in parts of that film. Yeah. So, yeah. And even when it does, even though like obviously a lot of that film is from the male gaze, male perspective, it's not in, it's not as cringy or as dirty as some other movies. No, it's, it seems like it is in more in good fun. I mean, like the, all those movies, it's, it, you know, there's always got to be an unattainable mm-hmm. female character or love interest that finds something out about him that kind of exposes his, exterior you know his uh angry yeah. man child exterior like in happy gilmore the woman doesn't want to date golfers and then goes on a date and then finds out oh it's really he's doing all this to pay off grandma's house oh yeah. how sweet lovable heart of gold deep down exactly yeah. but these movies i don't think we were meant to analyze them for a <laughs> no. sexism gender thing but no definitely not. but you're right though I, you know what you saying before that you don't think wedding singers should be given too much credit i reckon we should give it a, a little bit of credit especially like just the fact that they got carrie fisher on board yeah. to, to do a right. right they were aware of this sort of gap yes you know it's something that martin scorsese still didn't really do a great deal hmm. you know goodfellas had a little bit from lorraine bracco's perspective you know karen mm-hmm. but a lot of so many of his films are so much about like this kind of male dominated worlds that he's exploring gangster films and all sorts of things but um you know, even just the fact that those writers were aware of it enough, like I said, I think is yeah. worth giving them a bit of credit. And yeah, it I paid agree. off because Drew Barrymore's character is excellent. I mean, talk about watching someone eat McDonald's and play Truck Simulator for hours. I could do that as well. <laughs> yeah, Maybe Leia Seydoux and Drew Barrymore hanging out together. I like it. Why aren't these actors capitalizing on this? Just get on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, I'll Just be me like in the chat. <laughs> What do you do on Twitch? Do you donate bucks or tokens or something? Yeah, bits. Yeah, <laughs> bits. Well, speaking of Drew Barrymore, I talked about it earlier in the episode, just how she's probably my favorite love interest, my favorite co-star of mm, his. Yeah. Have you even seen many of the Jennifer Aniston ones? Because I feel like, I, like I said before, about it, I kind of dropped off after Click. Um, Refresh me. Is there? I know. Just go with it. Is Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. But are there any that I'm missing? Like there's a couple though. There's definitely. Is are there, is she in a murder mystery one as well? I guess that's not rom com, Sandler. No, I think I'll just. I think it's safe to say I have not seen them. I might yeah. have watched like five minutes of one. You know, but oh, the families end up in Africa or something. I don't even know the plots, but. I, think, I would yeah, agree. I think it was like a murder mystery one. I think it might even just be called murder mystery. Murder mystery is the title of yeah. one of them. Um, so yeah, there's a few that he's done with her now, but uh, I haven't seen any of them. I didn't even see Just Go With It. Me neither. I was, you know, I mean, if it's not going to be as good as the Drew Barrymore ones, I'm, I'm not going to be convinced to watch it. And you know what? I also just don't default to running off to see these movies when they come out anyway. Yeah. I'm not the demographic. I don't think I have been for a long time, but... I um I did you know I did go back a few months ago and just kind of binge some of the two thousands ones and um, fifty first dates was the one I watched for the first time. I oh right! I sort of thought that movie was also going to be lumped in with the crap crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that the movie you were kind of alluding to before when uh, Drew Barrymore being the favorite of the you know rom com style movies Definitely. in terms of his you know Definitely. I, uh, to on me, screen partner? Um, to me, that's my favorite. Mm. Of his rom-com movies is yeah. Fifty First Dates. You, you think it's better than Wedding Singer? I think it's better than Wedding Singer. That's yeah. a big call. I think Wedding Singer is really good, but mm. it's a little mixed. There's some oh, mixed, it's a little patchy in spots. You could have done with another edit. Yeah. Okay. There's some middle parts that I feel a little bit of little bit of fat that could have been cut off. Gotcha. That movie. Um, but I think also I got to maybe you know, we talked about this before in the episode. Mm. Just that's them fighting their feet. That's them, you know. Yeah. Their first foray into the rom com rather than just a comedy. Yeah. Really? Probably wouldn't have got Fifty First Dates without Wedding Singer. Yeah. But totally. wedding, Fifty First Dates, I feel like, is when they've perfected it. I feel like that's when the chemistry is we're firing all cylinders, mm-hmm. the writing is firing all cylinders. It's just, I don't know. To me, that, to me, that's where it, a, you know, they nailed it. And it is, uh, there's less, well, 
it feels like there's less at stake in Fifty First Dates because there's no there's no villain of that film the way there is with Wedding Singer. Yeah, there's that douchebag guy in the Wedding Singer that is you know Adam Sandler realizes he's cheating on Drew Barrymore's character and he's only marrying her to shut her up type of thing. Mm-hmm. Not the right person. Fifty um, First Dates doesn't have that, but it does have. At first, you think that the dad of Drew Barrymore's character and their brother are protecting her and they are going to put up, you know, a bit of resistance to the yeah. whole thing. Uh, but doing it, you know, in the best interests of Drew Barrymore's character, who can't remember anything past one day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she can remember her whole life up to a point where she had a car accident and then that's the whole premise of the film. Yeah, They meet, they have a great date. The next day, Adam Sandler wakes up with her or whatever and, you know, he's a stranger again. So every day he has to... Um, reintroduce himself somehow and redate mm-hmm. and yeah I, I really loved it and it's also just i mentioned already so many times mm. about how sweet um his films can be yeah and that movie i feel like really really harnesses that sweet element that sound obviously sure has does. yeah and it really shines through in that movie mm. where you're just like oh man just the the length that he goes to to really show his love for her is just it is it's, it's, it's really, really nice it's really nice and it's and the movie's sort of like peppered with these funny little moments where mm-hmm. he sets up you know the car's broken down on the, on the side of the road or he sets up Robert Schneider's character mugging him or something <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. just dumb ways that he is going to um, get Drew Barrymore's attention man but the, after I watched Fifty First Dates like all I wanted to do was talk to people about the ending of the movie. Oh, right. Okay. Because the way that that movie ends, can I'm going to, big spoilers here. If anyone hasn't watched it, I, I do think you should watch it. Mm. Like you're saying, it's it's an extremely like sweet film. Yeah. And the the ending of the film just sort of took me for a loop because, so we've described the premise of the film. He's got to figure out a way to maintain a relationship with somebody that cannot remember past, you know, the previous day's events. Yeah. Um, and so the way he does it is with a tape and every morning she's going to wake up by herself and, you know, they consider it that this is a big shock to her finding out every day, mm-hmm. but there's a tape that has um, just a, a bit of info, you know, here's how we met, here's us and blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it, dude, but yeah. the, the end of the film she gets up, she watches this tape. You realize this is what Adam Sandler's done. The tape has them, because, you know, before the the final scene of the film, they had a little breakup um, and a little get together. So, but you're not sure. Okay, what, what happened from there? We don't know. Mm. But the tape reveals that they got married. They, they had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she wakes up. She's actually waking up on a boat yeah. in the Arctic because that was Adam Sandler's whole thing researching penguins in the Arctic or something. But he, you know, just the Drew Barrymore playing it, like the shock of realizing she has children, yeah. the shock of realizing she has a husband. And then it just sort of alludes to four or five, like the kid must be four or five, right? So it alludes to like five and a half, six years of this relationship with somebody yeah. every day. Right. Just the, the the realization of this this whole other film that could have been made about just that six-year gap. Oh, yeah, of course. And just how, for me, just like how emotionally overwhelming that that realization was and watching Drew Barrymore get up on the boat and, you know, she is processing a lot. And it was just so nice. It's so nice. I really did not expect that from the end of Fifty First Dates. I thought (laughs) maybe so many films just kind of tied off at the wedding or tied off, you know, happily Mm -hmm. ever after type stuff. But... Man, just what that, just everything that we didn't get shown in the middle, it just I left know, up to dude, our imaginations. Yeah. A it's, really, it's huge. really nice yeah. ending. A nice is in the, enough of a word, but yeah, really beautiful ending. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a premise that could have, you know, in the, the wrong person could be very uh, terrible. Yeah. But because of, like I was saying, his, his sweetness shines through and it's always kind of been there, I think. Even Sandler always just seems like from everything you hear, he's just a really sweet dude. Yeah, it is uh, nice pe- hearing that people. He's a people guy. you always hear like he's great to work with. He's just a nice guy, off screen and on screen. Obviously, mm. that 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 shines. And in that movie, he really you know brings it all out. You know, yeah, no, very no, down no to holds earth. barred. Like it's 
just what an amazingly, you know, really sweet dude he is. And so that premise, which could easily have been mishandled in wrong, in wrong hands. Yeah. Think, pays off by the end of it and you're like oh, totally totally on board and you're just like dude what a yeah what a dude basically. oh really yeah really nice i mean i think he gets sort of forgiven a bit he was like i was saying before for i think for a long time he was more of a target for shallow low effort comedy like jack and jill oh yeah kind of like famously destroyed four percent on rotten tomatoes Mm -hmm. 90 million dollar budget or something not sure what's going on with that i mean i touched on going overboard his first movie i mean that is on the bottom 250 on imdb oh wow really i think it's like number 12 last time i checked what yeah it's the 12th worst movie of all time according of all time (laughs) so that's a wild call (laughs) i guess of like movies that are trying yeah yeah um, oh, I just noticed you see your satin. I guess you got that in Japan. I did. Very yes. nice. Yeah. Uh, plastic. Oh, the, uh, it depends. It's unboxed, but, um, I've kept the, um, the box. Ah, yeah. Cool. I'm trying to keep the box. Is it in out? Good condition. Is the satin out? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Oh man. Awesome. That There's so many sweet Seeker Satin games. Yeah. Well, after, after the episode, let's, uh, okay. We'll let's fire it up. Um, but yeah, like Jack and Jill just. That is, I think, where it is, you know, Adam Sandler's making these stupid, ridiculous movies. Yeah. And like Funny People, that movie comes out, I think, 2011 or something. Mm. And that movie was kind of like joking around as that that film is an, a, um, uh, who, who's that? Judd Apatow. It, thank you. That's a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. So it is more of a dramedy, I guess, than a straight comedy but it references early, like these fake trailers, mm-hmm. Adam Sandler taking the piss out of himself with all these dumb movie premises. He still went on to make a ton of movies very similar to those fake yeah. trailers though. Yeah. I do want to quickly talk about that movie though. I think that movie was, um, Funny People was the other one that besides uh, Punch Drunk Love mm-hmm. that also helped sort of... Serious no. Sandler? Yeah, exactly. There's Unleash one, that Serious Sandler and change his trajectory somewhat. There's like you one said, that though, somewhat because he did do a lot of those trash, trash bottom of the barrel comedies as well post that. But he also did, as we know, later come out with Uncut Gems and Hustle, and etc. Oh, yeah. Well, so I feel like both Funny People and Punch Drug Love, I think, you know, were the movies that I checked out. Yes. Funny People was the first one in a while that I checked out mm. because he'd been doing the clicks of the world. And Jack and Jill's and Don't Mess the Zohans and God knows whatever else <laughs> garbage movies, which I have not, I have not seen most hey, of Hey, Don't Mess with the Zohan is pretty good. Oh, is it? I've never yeah. seen it. Okay. It's, it's so ridiculous, um, but it is still quite funny. There's a lot yeah, of okay. jokes that land in that one. But just how stupid the premise is. Um, there's one movie I think that you're, you, that you missed, Rain Over Me, where he plays someone that is... Um, Lost a family member, I think. Oh, in right. I've never seen this one. Okay. Yeah, I watched that one. It was it was pretty heavy. It was he had his uh, wedding singer wig on, so yeah. it was kind of distracting for me. But um, I don't remember enjoying it so much. It didn't hold the same kind of right. um, weight that Punch Drunk Love or um, the other one did. I just find you know, myself going gravitating more towards the more. Mm-hmm. Like serious roles and more dramedies, or just the pure straight dramas. Yeah. Then I do the comedies of Sandler Me now, too. I, which I agree. you know it's a combination of factors. I'm yeah. like, I love Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy. I have a real soft spot for all those movies. Mm. Um, but you know the uh, Jack and Jules of the world have burnt <laughs> me a little bit. Yeah. And I've just kind of like dismissed. Like I'm, I'm very easy to dismiss. When I see a new Adam Sandler comedy, I just dismiss it now, which is a shame because there was a point there and mm. a time there where I would have been like, hell yeah, new Sandler comedy. Especially yeah. when I was, you know, a late teenager, I would have been like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Give me Waterboy too. Like mm-hmm. sign me up. You yeah. Know? But now I'm just like, oh gross. Like I don't. I'm not interested in a new, new Sandler comedy. Me too. I was the same. I was really stoked for a while. Like I went and saw Nikki, little Nikki in the cinemas. Yeah. You know, I saw Waterboy in the cinemas. Once, like I said, I, I didn't jump onto Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison early. I did like them, but I was still all in for Adam Sandler at a certain yeah. point. Like I was down with Wedding Singer onwards pretty much. But yeah, 
you mean you tell me you're not going to get all stoked on Grown Ups Three when that comes out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. These movies are so bad. To, so to be bad. honest, I think thinking about the movie that lost me, I said Little Nicky. I didn't love it, but also Click. You know, I tried watching mm-hmm. Click because everyone told me like that movie's what 2005, 2006. Yeah, we were done with high school yep. at that point, and people were still, you know, you go to someone's house or party. When you're just chilling out, you know, chuck on Con Air or chuck on, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. I think Click was one of those movies that they would always chuck on as well. Yep. Just hanging out. This is after high school, but never really loved Click. I thought it yeah. was a bit too, people say how sad it was. Only movie that made my tradie dad cry. But I would watch <laughs> it and right. I just like, it's, the movie's just like manipulating me. It's not, it's not earning that cry. It's no. not Fifty First Dates earning it. Yes, you know, it's it. it's not Punch Drunk Love earning it. It's sort of really, um, oh, he can fast forward time because mm-hmm. he's obsessed with work and he missed his whole kid's life. Boo hoo! Yeah, <laughs> I give a exactly. fuck. Yeah, um, but you know what? Uh, yeah, like I didn't didn't really get down with Rain over me. The, I think the time where I jumped back to Sandler and appreciating it more was re-watching Punch Drunk Love and then Uncut Gems. Yeah. Because funny people, I almost walked out of that movie in the cinema. Yeah, right. That movie was like, oh, it's, it's going to end movie. soon. Oh, na- yeah, we get yeah. like another ending. And his character gets over cancer and has a new lease on life and then goes and tries to rip a family apart kind of thing. It was like, mm. I thought Adam Sandler was a family guy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think the movie was like this sort of meta commentary on stand-up comedy or Adam Sandler's personal you know the same way like darren aronofsky makes the wrestler and gets mickey rourke mm-hmm. and that film had like that kind of meta commentary on yeah. mickey rourke's real career i think there's elements funny of people that. didn't do that i think there's elements of that like the prank yeah. calling stuff well yeah um, like the fake trailers yeah but then just his character like learning nothing after a huge life event and then going on to try to get his ex-wife back and and sort of yeah. pull their family apart a bit it was like well, that doesn't seem relevant to Sandler's whole family dynamic of yeah. these family films he's doing. So I just I just thought that movie was way too long and I was literally looking at my partner at the time going like, hey, do you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you want to bail? Eric Banner's turned up, don't know what he's doing here. And Judd Apatow loves putting his wife and kids in movies. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> Normally yeah. it wouldn't bother me so much, but ah, come on. Yeah. Hire someone else. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, you know, I mean, hey. Appenhow has done some gems over the years, so you know. I'm oh not, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm always open to a, a new yeah. Appenhow film. I, so. I think his movies are, are, are really good. Yeah, like, there's a good place for them. But, but yeah, yeah, what what about you though? Like, do you, do you recall the movie that kind of, if there was one, that kind of turned you back around a little bit on Sandler, the Sandman? Oh, um, I think Punch Drunk Love was a big one. Mm. Uncut Gems, as much as. The attention of that movie was a little yeah. too intense for me. I was just like, oh God, like I get what you're going for. But mm. like objectively, I like I love that movie. Subjectively, I don't. Yeah. Unpleasant. So, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, I so I haven't watched it again. Yeah. Basically. Like it's it was a great first time because yeah. I was like, and really appreciated what they were doing. But then I was like, I'm probably not gonna watch you again because I don't want to feel that. Yeah. It's kind of how I felt like we were wrecking for a dream. You know, because a lot of those movies, there's a list of movies where I'm like, yeah, amazing, don't really want to watch it again. And Uncut Gems was one of those kind of movies where, like, yeah. this is really good, but, oh, man, like, this is some, you know, intense, stressful shit. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, but, you know, good. And so that, that movie as well. So both of those movies really, I think, were the turning point. And yeah. then um, I'd been meaning to watch Hustle for a while because it only came out. What, last year, year before last, do yep, twenty twenty. That sounds about right. Um, but I watched that earlier in the week, and really good. And if you really like basketball, you'll really appreciate this movie. That's right. He's a basketball coach, right? Yeah, and yeah, like okay. an NBA coach. He's a yep. coach for oof, what's the team? Um, what's on. Adam Sandler's team? It's not Celtics, is it? No, I mean, no, because that was no. Kevin Garnett played. Played for that. He, that was the team he was always betting on in Uncut Gems. Oh, was it? oh yeah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't recall what. Yeah, who he's I'm, coaching for. It doesn't matter too much. I'm blanking on the name, but yeah, it's it's really great. You can tell he has a love for basketball, and it really yeah. shines through, and especially the NBA in particular. And it's um surprising how good the cast is, and especially the uh, the star that he kind of raises up and yeah. know, helps you know, uh, facilitate him and his love for, and his, you know, passion of the sport makes him, you know, uh, yeah. 
become the next big thing. He's like, you know, he's an actual basketball player. Like, you know, like a lot of the people who are in the movie are basketball players and yet they, you know, act. So it's kind of like really Space well. Jam, just hiring real basketball players. Yeah, except it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like it's, I mean, obviously it's also very much a Rocky yeah. um, clone and they know it. Like there's literally a, they shout out, it's, it's filmed in Philadelphia. That's it. The Philadelphia 76ers because uh, it's yeah. shot in Philadelphia and they're, um, uh, there's literally he's like, it was so funny I told my partner and both of us were like wait that's pretty much just the Rocky shot because he's like the guy's running up that hill just like Rocky does for like, yeah. a montage but then they end it with him doing the Rocky and they laugh and they like they acknowledge the fact that like yeah. the, the fist in the air Rocky you know fist pump like it's like an acknowledgement to Rocky like they even say it like do the Rocky or whatever like something, something oh, along those yeah. lines I can't remember exactly but it, yes we're just doing the Rocky thing you know, nice. Well, he well, he's know, playing like the Mickey character, I guess, from Rocky, isn't 100%, he? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So like, we're just doing the Rocky thing, but we're doing it with basketball, and you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Mm. Like, uh, I liked it though. Acknowledge that, and you know, it's quite a good movie. It's I think it got good, good version reviews. Of, it's a good version of one of those. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's a well done version of one of those. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I'll check that out one day because I I think I did see it. You know he's he's got that deal with Netflix. Yes. So you know if you want to catch his you know the last twelve odd years of movies of his, you just have to jump on Netflix. Um, I am down for that. What what do you think of this movie coming up? This Spaceman movie called uh, Spaceman. I'm I'm keen because like you were saying about how coming back on board for the more dramatic roles and mm. more serious roles, and especially post Uncut Gems, I feel like there's been a lot more. Um, yeah. And then so yeah, like and after watching Hustle the old the other day i'm like oh yeah cool all right because he was really good in that and mm. so i'm um, you know i'm keen to see what he does in this mm-hmm. yep you no, too? I, i'm excited for it there, there is a massive spider in it and i oh, okay. it, it did trigger my arachnophobia oh, pretty no. much straight away but yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna have to just bear through it because i really love um space movies hey before we before we get to the end um, shall we, should we do like a bit of a ranking? Do we want to just do like okay. a quick ranking? Sure. Do we want to just do like our top three or do we want to pick our favorite or what we think might be the best movie from each different style of Sandler films? Like we've got early oh. comedies, the rom-com stuff. We've got the Netflix trash that we don't really, that we agree isn't yeah, very see, good. And then the serious ones. That's the problem. If we do the net, net the Netflix trash, mm. we kind of haven't really got much. Or the, you know, the later comedies, we haven't really got much. Maybe if we, if we did that, we'd have to do comedy, serious drama. Yeah. And then like, I don't know what else. Like, uh, like I want rom-com Sandler. Rom-com. But I guess. Let's do, let's do that. Let's do I rom-com, think, comedy, serious. What's your favorite of those three? You know what? I think, um. I think we're probably already given away like rom-com one. With, can we both agree 50 First Dates 50 is, first our, dates is, the one. is our favorite? Yeah. So we'd have, okay. I mean, Wedding Singer is, for me, it's pretty close. Maybe mainly nostalgia, but I can't deny, you know, like me talking about the ending before. Like, you know, that's something I don't get anything near no. uh, close to that no. in Wedding Singer, but I do love that quite a bit. Um, all right. So 50 First Dates would be the pick for the rom-com Sandler. Yeah. I hope he does more. Good yeah. rom-coms. Yeah. Well, maybe I should just bite the bullet and check out the Jennifer Aniston one. Maybe they're, maybe <laughs> yeah, they're maybe they decent. Are good. Yeah. But we got uh, like comedy stuff and serious Sandler. Yes. What, what, what's your pick for like, have you got one for comedy movies? For comedy movies, I'd have to go with a classic OG Billy Madison. It'd for be between me, that and Happy Gilmore, just, wouldn't it? Just for yeah. like a lot of nostalgia reasons mm. and just watching it the other day and I'm like, holy shit. Just yeah. the, I mean, obviously part of it is you know, growing up with that movie, but just how quotable and memorable there's so many lines in that movie. It's mm-hmm. just insane. Um, and how much our friends quoted it. I didn't realize until watching it again. Yeah. But just like, stop looking at me, Swan uh-huh. was everywhere. Um, you and know, also it's like, it's quite valuable it's, lessons when you're a kid. What was that? One piece of ace. <laughs> yeah. Piece of ace. Um, it also got like, you know, in, in like when you're a kid growing up, you know, some teachable uh, moments there Like you know You get to learn The difference between How shampoo and conditioner works <laughs> <laughs> You know oh Things like that. Uh, that, that That's one of the, his Where he's like yeah, He's doing those Ridiculous yes. language but, You know There's one line From Billy Madison That is continually said In like our friends And whatever And that is like 
you know, no, during your entire speech, nothing you have said oh, made yeah. any sense. I award you no points. It's like <laughs> we a, are all now just, dumber for having heard it. Yeah, I think it's just like a, it's like a famous quote. I feel like at this point, mm. like that's yeah, yeah, and that's again. So it's because of those things and because of like quotes like that. Yeah, that for me, Billy Madison is the one. All right, no, dude, I, I reckon I, I can join you there. Like I, re- I rewatched Happy Gilmore, and it oh, was very good. funny. Yeah. and I like a good sporty golf comedy. The only line I think that I really love and I got a laugh out of. Okay. It's when he's chatting to Shooter McGavin. And, and we love that actor. Yes, he's great. Yep. We talked about him on the Thelma and Louise episode. Yes, we did, yeah. He was married to Gina Davis for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and apparently he's a lovely guy in real life, but he's always playing these asshole characters. Yeah. You know, yeah. And Thelma and Louise and especially Shooter McGavin. But just the interaction with him where he says something like, um, Oh, what does Shooter McGavin say after he kind of loses a little, you know, dumb little interaction with him? And it's something like, um, oh, you know, yes. you stay away or you'll pay. Hear what I say. <laughs> and Adam yeah. Sandler's just like, well, maybe I'll eat some hay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but that just got me. It's after the pieces of shit for breakfast thing. Yeah, think, yeah. Which, know, which is another great, great line. Yeah. But you're right, Billy Madison. I think Happy Gilmore is definitely a close second. Very close. Seconds. Very, very close. Those yeah. Those films are like, so close to each other in tone anyway, right. aren't they? You know what? Happy Gilmore does have that. Uh, I love the opening credits to Happy Gilmore. I mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Just the, 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 the song selection and, you know, and he's going through all the jobs he used to have. <laughs> you yeah. know, just immature. And, and you got um, Carl Weathers as well, which yeah. is also great. Uh, rest in peace. And also his um, mm-hmm. mother, uh, grandmother. Yeah. Who's also like lovely and sweet. I love yeah. her in that. So there's so many things love in that movie, man. Uh, I think, yeah, it's very much a close, it's very close. close second. I love the joke where it's like, they wouldn't let me play in the pro tour. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is it because you're black? It's like, hell no. It's a damn <laughs> alligator. It took my Oh my God. <laughs> so I, there's so, heaps and happy going on. Oh, love, that's amazing. But, but you know what? Yeah. Uh, I'll chuck it to you too. Um, uh, I'll go... Billy Madison as well. Also I think f- it has more more laughs. Yeah. Also for me, because I'm a huge Norm Macdonald fan, mm-hmm. so that has Norm Macdonald in it. And True. anytime he's on screen, I laugh, even though he's got very little screen time and very little material in that movie. Yeah. My partner was saying this too. I'm, I'm with that with Chris Farley as well. Yeah. Like I always laugh when I see them before they even say anything. Yeah. So like they're that level comedians for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I also get a little, little extra nod because Norm's in there. Yeah. Maybe has he got the, does Norm have the line like, what day is it? October? Yes, <laughs> he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the only one left would be Sirius Sandler. I think we're both going to agree. Punch Drunk Love? I think Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rewatched Uncut Gems and as much as I loved Uncut Gems mm-hmm. on the first time, on the rewatch, knowing what was coming, yep. it, it sort of minimized a little bit for me. Um, and that movie is, like you said, it's pretty hectic. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think it's definitely a movie that's first time you watch it, you really appreciate it. You really, yeah. you really like, I'd be shocked to see anybody who doesn't um, kind of appreciate what they're doing in yeah. the movie. Um, and the ending is really spectacular. I won't spoil it. No, no. And that's it again. Again, that's why the first time to try yeah. for that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's just this degenerate gambler, though. And so, like, you don't like his character, but you are so happy watching him. Uh, you know, almost winning, I guess. Uh, I'd spoil it if I say any more. But um, Punch Drunk Love on the rewatch, on the other hand, like appreciated it even more. Yeah. Just, you know, it's pretty hard to, um, you know, like the Sadie brothers uh, or Safety brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm going to keep watching their movies. Like they are clearly extremely talented. It's just pretty hard to go up against a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. I yes. think he's... I th- like I was thinking about it the other day, man. I I think he might be my favorite director. Yeah, okay. If yeah. not one of, definitely one of. But like maybe my favorite director. Fair, man. Hey, good, I don't know. Good pick. Yeah. That, that's another conversation for another time. Like it just is. our favorite director, <laughs> or favorites. Um, is there anything else to say on Adam Sandler? Dude? No, I think I think I'm good, man. I think I've kind of covered everything. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. You know what? Uh, like we said at the very start, we're doing it because he's got that Spaceman movie. Yes. That came out last Friday, March the 1st. Oh, no, that came out yesterday. We're recording this on Saturday. So I think next week we're going to watch Spaceman yeah. because we've been wanting to do this for ages. Do you want to tell them what we've been 
we've, what we've had in the bag for a little while? Oh, man, yes. I feel like everyone probably already just put two and two together, but we've been talking about jobs in space yeah. movies yeah. forever on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so finally, finally it's going to happen. Uh, and now feels like the perfect time. Mm. Adam Sandler, Spaceman movie and jobs yep. in space. As soon as I it's saw happening. it uh, and I was like, oh, he's a working man in space. Bingo. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. So um, there's lots of fun movies. We've, we've talked about these on the pod before, but next week we're going to talk about Spaceman, the new Adam Sandler flick and all of our other favorite blue collar working class jobs in space movies. So that'll be fun. Hope you join us for that one. But um, yeah. We'd never did the intro, Jimmy, but yeah, this is Look Who's Podcasting. Oh my God, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, this is Look Who's Podcasting and I'm Jimmy. Yeah, I'm Tristan. It's a, it's a bit late for that by now. It is a bit late for that. But yeah. um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can email us. Have we ever received an email? Uh, oh, I'm terrible checking my emails. So <laughs> we maybe? might have received a few. <laughs> but it's lookwhospodcasting at gmail.com. I think the main hub of activity for us is Instagram, which yes. is at lookwhospodcasting. Correct. Okay. But um, yeah, hit us up there if you want to have a chat. Send us any recommendations. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, till then, we'll see you next week for Jobs in Space. Awesome. See you then. Thanks, everybody. That pile of gas of shit. Oh, what the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? To get stuck with you, you're too hard for drive through. And you smell like tissue. But I'm too broke to buy something new. Oh, fuck me.